Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello there and welcome once again to the WP Builds Podcast. You've reached episode number 286, entitled Living the Life that working in tech can allow. It was published on Thursday the 7th of July 2022. My name's Nathan Wrigley and just before we begin, a few bits of housekeeping. First thing I want to mention is the WP Build subscribe page. Head over to wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe. That will enable you to stay up to date with all of the content that we produce. You're listening to the Thursday podcast. We do this each and every Thursday, but also we do a live show on a Monday, which is sent out as a podcast episode on a Tuesday. You can find all of those things on the WP Build subscribe page. There's our YouTube channel and our Twitter feed as well. If you feel like sharing about WP Builds, I'd appreciate that very, very much on Twitter at WP Builds. And you can pretty much use WP Builds wherever you like. We really do appreciate any social sharing. And especially if you feel like giving us a bit of a review on your podcast player of choice, that would be most welcome. Another thing to mention is our deals page, wpbuilds.com forward slash deals. It's a little bit like Black Friday, but every single day of the week, 365 days of the year, loads of coupon codes for lots and lots of WordPress specific products. So check it out, wpbuilds.com forward slash deals. The WP Builds podcast was brought to you today by GoDaddy Pro. GoDaddy Pro, the home of managed WordPress hosting that includes free domain, SSL, and 24-7 support. Bundle that with The Hub by GoDaddy Pro to unlock more free benefits to manage multiple sites in one place. Invoice clients and get 30% off new purchases. You can find out more by going to go.me forward slash WPBuilds. That's go.me forward slash WPBuilds. And we really do thank GoDaddy Pro for their ongoing support and helping us to keep the WP Builds podcast going. Okay, what are we talking about today? Well, the truth is this is like no other episode we've done. I reached out to Alex Standiford a little while ago and we had a little bit of a conversation about what we were going to talk about in the podcast episode. So he's a user of full site editing and he does lots and lots of stuff on the coding side. All of that was really interesting. And then he dropped in that he was living in a camper van. And by a camper van, perhaps if you're in the US or somewhere like that, you might call it a camper or an RV. But basically, Alex, his two kids, his wife, his dog, they all live in this 240 square foot camper. And so I just thought, well, let's do an episode about that. Let's talk about what it's like, how it is working and trying to be productive whilst living cheek by jowl with your entire family, everybody all squashed into one place. What amazing freedoms does it afford? What are the brilliant bits of this lifestyle? And also, what are some of the drawbacks? What are some of the things which make it more difficult and not quite so rosy as you might imagine? So like I said, a really interesting episode, not like one we've ever done before, and I hope that you enjoy it. Hello there, welcome to the WP Builds podcast once again. It's an interview episode this week and I am joined on the line from, well, who knows where Alex Standiford is. <laughs> Hi there, Alex. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. You are so welcome. We had a brief chat before we click the record button. And all I can say is this episode, I think, is going to be really different from the typical episodes that we do about plugins and themes. Alex sent me a laundry list of possible things to talk about, and many of them were right up the technology street, you know, how to achieve this with this technology and so on. But we've settled on a completely different topic, like nothing we've ever done before because of Alex's really interesting approach to, well, life. Alex, just tell us a little bit about the way you live. Sure. So um, we, I think the, the term you would see if you looked for it online is a digital nomad. Um, so effectively what we do is we live in a camper and we travel all over the United States um, full time. I don't have a house. I 
just own a camper, uh, a truck. I and I take it all over the place. Try to stay in perpetual 70 degree weather as much as I can with my two kids, my wife, two cats and a dog. yeah wow okay we're going to unpack all of this first of all let's just let's just kind of rewind a little bit was there a point at which well if we did like two years ago if we recorded this or five years ago or 10 years ago did you have a house did you have a sort of sedentary life and there was a moment in time where you said enough i can't cope with this anymore i just want the freedom i want the uh the camper van lifestyle was there a point where you changed from one thing to another yeah, definitely. So um, prior to being a web developer, um, I was a mechanical engineer and I I was, you know, obviously very technically minded and I would go to the office and I'd work for eight hours a day, five days a week. Um, and to be honest, I just kind of hated being in the office. It would be like 2.30 and I would have, and I'd just be spent. I would have done everything I needed to do that day. Um, and I would have no energy left because I just, I work fast and I work, I burn fast and hot. So I get a lot of work done really fast and, but I can't go for the full eight hours, like what a a typical job asks you to do. So I would end up by two o'clock, just be burnt. I'd be done. I'd be spent and I'd have nothing left in the tank, but I'd have to sit there from two 30 until five o'clock because that's what offices expect from you. And I hated it. So I left. Um, And I tried to find a job that, was remote so that I didn't have to have this expectation that I would be sitting there in front of a computer for eight hours a day, that I could just get my work done and nobody give a crap about how long I, you know, am in front of my computer. Um, turns out that mechanical engineering at the time, this is pre like way before COVID, this is 2013, 2014. Uh, there was nothing that did that. So mm-hmm. I had to actually change careers into, um, into programming and that's where I found WordPress and I've, you know, got into all of that. Um, so I ended up finally getting a remote, a, a good remote job working on affiliate WP for Sand Hills development, which is now awesome motive. Uh, and I remember I just, I had this kind of crisis where I was like, what am I doing? I'm sitting here, I'm in this house. I have this, this life and all I've ever we've ever talked about doing was seeing the mountains. We're from Ohio originally, and uh, I would just dream of going to Colorado and and seeing the Rocky Mountains and and all these other things. And I kept on telling my my wife and I we kept on saying like we want to go see those things, but it's so impractical to just go and do it. It's like this big expensive trip. There's airplane tickets. There's vacations. There's all this stuff that happens. And um, so we would always settle on going to the Appalachian. So we would end up actually going up into New England where we would have a great time. Don't get me wrong. Like there's nothing that's we're actually heading to New England from here. And I, I love it up there. But we realized that we traveled really well, not just not just my wife and me, but my kids, too. And, uh, you know, that's that's a, from Ohio to Massachusetts, which is where we went for that trip. That was a 12, 13 hour drive. Mm-hmm. Right. And the kids took it fine. There was no problems. There was no issues. And um, that was just kind of this spark. It kind of gave us this travel bug. And we're like, well, and at the time, the idea of even going so far as Massachusetts from Ohio just seemed like a crazy idea. And it was a spontaneous thing that was fun and exciting. It was like on a Thursday, we were not doing anything. And then Friday morning, we were halfway to Massachusetts, you know, and it was just super fun. And I was like, we can do this. Like we have this opportunity. I didn't take any time off work. Nothing changed. I just woke up one day. I got in the car and we started driving. She did some of the driving and I worked while we were in the car. And I was like, why aren't we doing this more? Like we are, I, I can be anywhere in the world right now, anywhere in the world with this, this gift that I've worked my butt off to have, right? This, this, um, gift of being able to work remotely and being able to to be anywhere I want. And as long as I get my work done, nobody says anything, right? And I'm squandering it by being 20 minutes away from where I was born all the time. And I, I, you know that and then at the same time, I was having a conversation with my brother who actually gave me this statistic, and I don't remember the exact number, but it was a shocking number of people who literally never leave a like, 50 mile radius of the location they were born and i was just like that is not me like i want to see things i want to travel and i want to 
experience stuff. And, you know, we were talking about just getting in the car and traveling and doing those kinds of things. But again, we're from Ohio and a lot of the things that we really wanted to see were farther away. They're out in, you know, Colorado, Utah, Nevada, California, and all, all the states out West. And then, um, we, at the time we were renting a, a house and the, the lease agreement was up in June and we had just bought this camper just like, I mean, right around the time that COVID was hitting. And I'll never forget this. My, I'm sitting there in, in the basement working and, uh, my wife had come downstairs and we had already flirted with the idea. We, you know, at this point we had already been talking like, you know, maybe we could take the camper and just live in it forever. Could we actually do that? Cause we've always been pretty minimalist anyway. So it wasn't that big of a jump for us to even think about doing that. Um, but it was kind of like, no, we couldn't do that. Right. Could we, could we, you know? Um, and, and I'll never forget. I was in the basement and I'm working and, uh, my, my wife, Kate, my wife, she comes down and she leans against the door and she goes, so about this camper. And I just looked at her and I already knew what she was going to say. And I just said, if you jump, I jump Jack, let's go. <laughs> and, uh, and I, I'm not kidding. Uh, fast forward six months, we had this camper gutted and completely changed into what we wanted it to be. And by November of that year, we were on the road. That is such a fantastic story. I'm just going to dwell on the, the whole digital nomad thing and the opportunity sure. afforded by that just for a moment, because I yeah. think it's one of the things which was sold really sold to the web development community a, a while ago. I mean, we've always been told, haven't we, that it's it's one of the most fantastic jobs on earth. You know, mm -hmm. the, the WordPress community, obviously, it extends in almost any direction, wh whatever you're working on with a computer. If that's all you need, a computer, you're, you have freedom. But it's it's interesting that it, it mostly is an academic enterprise. Most people know that that's true and they probably don't react to it. You know, they, they might be in some kind of office work like you were, or they might just never take the plunge and carry on. But it does afford you that opportunity. I'm incredibly lucky. I, I don't, haven't done the traveling thing in the same way that you are, but one of the things that I really enjoy about, about the fact that I work for myself is the ability to set my time so I can I can have a lazy morning one morning if I wish to or I could go out for a walk and like you say there's nobody sort of breathing down your neck there's no boss that you need to worry too much about and what I'm really hoping that we get to in the in the process of the next 20 minutes half an hour whatever it might be is if you are Alex from 20 whatever it was just before they gutted the camper van you know, pay attention to what Alex says and see if it can tip you over the edge. It may be that there's a, a an interesting and an exciting life just around the corner that you haven't managed to realize for whatever reason. And, and so we'll get into that. So first thing that really amazes me about this story is the fact that you've got the family, you've got kids. I think you mentioned two kids there, but you've two also kids. got the, the pets just... Run me through that decision-making process because I know that in my case, I think it would be fair to say that the whole kids thing would have been a constraint that probably would have stopped me from doing what you're doing. Did you, how did you come to the decision that this was going to be okay for your growing family? I mean, maybe they were really young at the time. I don't know. Maybe they weren't settled into a school, but how do you do that? How do you raise the children on the road? Are you homeschooling? Have you got them involved in some kind of online teaching regimen? Do you do all that yourself? So let's just do the, the children bit first. Sure. Um, well, as for the concerns, uh, my biggest takeaway was uh, they're going to travel. They're going to get to see the country and anywhere anytime i've ever read or seen anything people always say that travelers people who travel frequently tend to be a lot more level-headed and a lot more um just just more nuanced people mm -hmm. because they they've seen people from different communities so you know when you think about a lot of the division in our world as as it becomes more um well more divided is a lot of that happens because a lot of people, I believe that a lot of that happens just simply because people don't travel. They don't, they don't, they've never actually met a person from this other country or this other state, even in my case. Like I've got, we have people from, you know, my home state who've never left the state. 
so how so they don't know anything about what it's like to live in new mexico they don't know anything about the people in new mexico they don't know anything about their culture outside of what's in a book you know and they're a part of this country that's supposed to be this united states right and yet here we are with with two completely different cultures and different parts of one country that are different enough that they could almost be separate countries you know what i mean yeah i do and yet and yet ohio and and yet they don't know anything about each other and really you could google it you could look at it all you want but there's something about just being there it's just there's information that you take in that isn't that isn't express that isn't explicitly stated and i think that there's a lot of value there in terms of an education for kids and we're actually using that for our homeschooling regimen for our kids so um for example we're heading up to new england right now so um my wife does all the the homeschooling so she's actually planning their homeschooling routine around where we're going to be so you know we're going to be in massachusetts and maybe we'll be near boston so we'll be talking about the boston tea party you know things that happened around that time in those areas and we do the same thing in all the other areas throughout the country as we travel Um, and all of those things can apply into science they can apply to math they can apply to writing you know all of that stuff just kind of naturally falls into place with a lot of just good literature and a lot of history because you could take history and then you can take the science and you could talk about the science of a musket right and you can talk about how guns work and like how you know every force has an equal and opposite reaction right and all that all of those scientific things and then you can get into um you could also get into cuisine in the local areas and you can talk about math and you can talk about you know how many eggs do we need okay well we're going to do a half batch what's half of six you know and and there's there's just so many opportunities to just teach when you're traveling they just they just come to you you know they're just there they're just a part of your life and i think that's kind of the big thing you're going to see the big arch here is that I believe that in a lot of ways, traveling in a camper for me is kind of the ultimate um, form of integrating everything in your life. So there was a time where, you know, people would say, we keep my work life and my home life separate. And people still do that. But I don't, I used to believe that even. I don't believe it anymore. I believe that everything just should be integrated. You know, I work sometimes, I homeschool sometimes, sometimes I'm traveling, sometimes I'm not. You know, it's just everything is just there, it's in a bubble. Uh, maybe I carve out times where I specifically do things, but that's changing all the time too. You know, this week right now, I'm in a very different routine than I was in, uh, a month ago. Right. Um, and you just kind of have to get used to that. But as for the kids, we just kind of did it anyway. I mean, there, we were afraid there, of course we had some fears, right? I mean, at the time when we left, we had, our kids are young. So that definitely helped, right? We, they weren't already in school, so they didn't have to say goodbye to a lot of friends or anything like that. So that was I can't imagine how different it would be. I can only speak from my perspective. But for me, we had a six-month-old baby and a, um, I guess he was four at the time, or maybe he was, he was yeah, he was four turning five. So we had a four-year-old and a six-month-old baby. Um, so our four-year-old was just now coming into homeschooling and um, Devin, our youngest, wasn't walking yet, right? Um, so with that, we just, it was kind of a good time too. And that was another reason why we were so motivated to jump in when we did, because it's like, if we don't do this now, it's going to get harder because our kid isn't in school yet. We can start him on homeschooling before he ever even goes to public school. And we can just, you know, set those routines and not have to make any course corrections or any significant changes in his life, any additional significant changes above and beyond um, you know, what everybody else has to go through whenever you're traveling. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's probably the, the, the big 411 on what we do with our kids and, and the, uh, homeschooling. Okay. That's, that's really interesting. I, I, I think, yeah, I think you're, you're right probably to point out that the whole age thing is, is really critical. Maybe if you'd left, the, you know, if this revelation had come to you 10 years after that, when the kids had become really embedded in their, I don't know, sports teams and educational institutions and whatever else it was it may have been may have been a a more difficult decision to make not that you wouldn't have done it it's just a different different complexion to the whole thing now very briefly you mentioned you mentioned (laughs) pets just what 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 pets have you got yeah i've got two cats and a dog okay okay the dog i can deal with i totally get how the dog comes along for that how do you do a cat 
in a camper. <laughs> well, you know, the irony is uh, cats are actually they travel extremely well. And I, I would argue that they're actually better uh, traveling partners than dogs. That um, is fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Because okay. of a couple of key things. Um, one, they I mean, campers, they are drafty they've got holes everywhere because i mean they're just that's just how they're built right they nobody cares they just drill a hole through the wall whenever they need something they stick a wire there and they might plug it if you're lucky um so inevitably you'll and, and they're always buried and you can never find these holes which means that there's always these clear paths for mice to get into your camper now granted I, i'm not saying that we have you know like a dozen mice coming in our camper every month or something crazy like that but but the reality is they exist. They happen. They're a part of traveling. You're out in the woods. You're out in the wilderness. Sometimes it gets cold at night and you're going to see, you're going to have a little mouse who's going to say, hey, that looks warm. And they're going to climb up on this wire. They're going to find their way into your camper. And then, um, you know, you've, so you have to deal with them. It's just a part of camping. <laughs> well, I can, they're not a problem yeah. for me just because <laughs> I've got two cats. You know what I mean? So I have two cats uh, who have been very successful in keeping any mice out of our camper um either one the mice just smell them or see them and they just you know nope the heck out of here or two they don't do that and then they you know they meet their untimely demise due to my cats discovering them <laughs> um <laughs> i've got a couple of cats and it, it, it just kind of feels like they i would never see them again you know, yeah. they would just sort of disappear off and at the crucial moment when you needed to drive away and they'd be gone <laughs> for a couple of days. <laughs> You'd be yep, twiddling right. your thumbs thinking, where are the cats? <laughs> well, ours ours don't generally, um, we don't have, ours just stay in the camper, to be honest. They've been perfectly content with that. They were content with staying in the house and they're content with staying in here. Fair play. Um, the only thing that's kind of difficult with having them is you have to find a place for your litter box. And um, it goes without saying that campers do not design for a litter box space because they don't even design for a trash can space most of the time. So, you know, there's there, there's some challenges that come with that. In fact, I'm actually dealing with that in our new camper right now. I actually had to build I built a custom cabinet for my desk because I had to find something that where it would fit. And then I also had to build a custom cabinet literally to hold the litter boxes like that's its sole purpose <laughs> its key purpose rather because there's no such thing as a unit tasker in a camper but its key purpose is that but it's also like an end table and i had to like build in these carbon filters and all this stuff because it's a small space and you want to make sure that you know you don't get that smell permeating in the camper and so it's it's a uh, that's that's a challenge but to me that's a design challenge and i i eat those for breakfast yeah so. that kind of brings me nicely to the whole topic of the amount of space that you've got so i don't really know much about the internal workings or models or names of manufacturers or anything but just just give us some idea of the camper maybe the one that you began doing things you know traveling around in because it sounds like you've just upgraded i don't know if that means in terms of space or just comfort or whatever but let, let's go back with the the original one that you started out with just give us some kind of idea of what what that's like like how how much square footage do you have how long is it how wide is it and do you, i'm guessing that you basically have no space for anything <laughs> that isn't totally essential well let me let's see um this current camper that's true our new camper that is not so true um because you're right the upgraded camper that we're getting now has more space and more comfort um ha have you ever i don't know have you ever bought a guitar or, or your first yeah. instrument yeah. or your first yeah. like thing so the advice they always give whenever you're buying your first instrument is just get one just get an inexpensive one get something to start with don't worry too much about all the bells and whistles and all the stuff because especially if you've never played before you don't actually know what you want yet and the good starting point is to just get one practice with it and eventually one day you're going to look at something and you're going to go oh that's nice that's a problem I've had. I would like to solve that. And then you now know you have that context and that background to be able to know why you're making that upgrade and you're making that change. And I think that with campers, it's kind of the same thing. Um, so with our, our camper, I would say the best camper for you to have is the, if you have one now, it's the one you currently own, obviously. But if you don't have one, um, we just pick up an inexpensive one that doesn't leak <laughs> yep. uh, depending on how comfortable you are with, you know, making renovations and stuff. But for ours, um, this is, we have 240 square feet. So it's a 26 foot 
camper, um, eight feet wide, and uh, it's a bunkhouse. So basically, if you're looking at the layout, there's a bathroom in the back. It's very small. Like you, like to give context, uh, you barely have enough room to, like you're standing and there's the toilet in front of you, and if you were to bend over your butt would hit the door like you can't completely <laughs> bend over because it's too small yeah. Yeah, yeah uh the shower is also quite small so the bathroom is very small in fact the sink doesn't even fit in the bathroom it's actually placed outside of the bathroom and it's used as kind of like a and which is actually kind of convenient because if somebody's hogging the bathroom you can still wash your hands or brush your teeth or do whatever um then there's the bunk the kids bunk beds and literally where i'm sitting is my office on the other side of that wall and there i i am i'm probably three feet away from my sink my oven my refrigerator and everything which is actually kind of nice because yeah. if the kids are if the kids are like <laughs> like if i'm making dinner for the kids make like macaroni and cheese or something i'll have the macaroni and cheese boiling and i'll be working and i'll just roll over and i'll mix it and i'll roll <laughs> back you know i've got the rollerblade wheels on the chair so they just roll all over the place do you, um, silly question do you ever lose sure. anything you know, actually, you would expect not to, yeah. maybe, because it's such a small space. But since everything is so concentrated, yes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's so easy to lose stuff because it, it's all kind of like piled on top of each other in this small setup. Like, that. and that's that makes it sound a lot more messy than it is, but it's it's organized. But it's just there's just a lot of concentrated stuff yeah. in places, right? So I would imagine. So yeah, that, there's a lot of time. Yeah, I would imagine that everybody's been into some sort of camper van or, or a caravan or you know some equivalent. So we've got the idea right. that yeah, that, ma maximum utility usually. You know, yeah. there's a cupboard where you wouldn't expect there to be a cupboard, and there's a table hidden in a gap that you didn't even realize could hold right. a you know a piece of paper, let alone a table. It's all there. And do you have to do kind of a lot of moving around? Like I'm just trying to imagine a typical day. So if you're working, do other people have to sort of like clear out and they have to go? off and do their schooling over there or how do you sort of manage the space when everybody needs to be in the same bit at the same time i'm imagining a cold rainy day um yeah everybody's living on top of each other D does it ever yeah. get tough it sounds you know from the, from everything that we've said so far it just sounds like rainbows and unicorns all the time yes. but i'm guessing yeah. there's times when you just i just need some space yeah Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> there are definitely days like that. Uh, I think I, I will say this before I, I'm going to preface this with this statement. And that is, I have never missed a house since I've been in a camper. Right. Um, nice. I, I have never missed the extra space. Now I can't speak for everybody, but for us, like it's been fine. Um, but in terms of the challenges and the reality of what you're talking about and, and a cold rainy day is the perfect example because that's exactly those are the hard days. I was actually in Texas for this big freeze last winter and um, every everything was there was snow on the ground and for Texas that means the entire state is shut down, you know. Um, so we were in the camper and um, obviously we're all just kind of stuck in here together. So but honestly it's not that bad because what we do is we use headphones. So we we divide up the space. We make up for the lack of walls by having headphones and having ways to isolate ourselves. So if you were to look at a if you look at a photo of my current setup with my desk, you'll notice that my desk is strategically placed in a corner facing a wall. And that is very much intentional because if I had it facing in some way where I could see the rest of the camper behind me, I would know what's going on around me and yeah. I would never get any work done. Yeah. It's too, it's just too much chaos. Like, and you, and you can't, you just can't get around that. So, uh, I use a really good set of noise canceling headphones Oh, and, genius! Yeah. yeah, I put those on, I face the wall and I mean, you know, the rapture could happen and I'd have no clue, <laughs> um, you know, so like, it's it's fine um and a really good way for to test that is uh and what we did before we moved in was we actually just we put the whole family in our living room so we had a living room and a kitchen and what we did was we we took bins and we put them on our counter and we put all the stuff we planned on taking to the camper with us in these bins and then everything else stayed in the camp in the kitchen and storage and then basically you would just use the stuff from the bins and if you ever found that you kept on reaching for something in the kitchen you just put it in the bin so then you had an idea of like what are the most important things that we have to bring with us right and um obviously some things like still had to go anyway like you know we didn't bring a a 
we we went from like a French press down to the um, AeroPress system. Oh yeah, yeah, plastic. we use that. Yeah, it's the best, but it's plastic and it's smaller, so it, you don't have to worry about it breaking, and it's more compact, and it's just it's the perfect camping on the go espresso setup. You know what I mean? Because it's super compact. Um, so you know you had to like optimize some things like that, right? Um, so that was really helpful for the kitchen. But as for the living area, um, to be able to really get the hang of what it's like to actually live in a camper like that in this scenario that you're speaking of, um, it's really just helpful to just sit in your living room, set up a desk, set up a table or something, and just work. Work in the living room while Daniel Tiger's playing in the background and while your kids are running around screaming in the living room and your wife's there doing homeschooling with the kids and, and just take it in. And get a feel for it and and figure it out that's really what it is like your blood pressure is going to rise and it's going to not be pleasant for a while but eventually you figure out how to make it work and for me like i said the things i really discovered while doing that was i can't be facing my kids i can't see the tv i can't see the movement because then i'm stressed because i'm aware that they're just being kids and yeah, yeah. you know so i i made myself turn around and as soon as i faced a wall and as soon as i put on noise canceling headphones bam, I was fine. Um, it also doesn't hurt that I have a long history of getting up at five in the morning and I work from, from five until whenever my workday is done, that varies from day to day. But my goal is usually to be done by, you know, at the, at the latest, you know, two o'clock, three o'clock maybe. Yeah. Um, and most days it's earlier than that. But the good thing about that is then I get the bulk of my work done before anybody even wakes up. Yes. There's some really good tips in there. I mean, I love the I mean, the turning your back, it's so obvious when you say it, but right. probably would have taken me many months to figure that out. But also the noise cancelling bit, it's kind of a replacement for physical walls, isn't it? It's yeah, just, it it's is. what you can do. And yeah, now that that technology exists, that's absolutely genius. It yeah. sounds to me like you're, um, you know, you're obviously technically savvy. Sounds like you've repaired various things at various times. I'm just wondering mm. in terms of what you do for your work, you mentioned earlier Sandhills development, and mm -hmm. we know that you write code. So I can, yep. at the very least, I'm imagining that you've got a laptop. Mm -hmm. What are the other things that you brought along to enable you to do your work? Maybe it's just an ordinary set of things. Were there any things that you deliberately had to leave leave behind that you thought you might have needed but never did? I'm just curious as to what your setup actually looks like. Maybe it's as simple as just the laptop. Maybe there's more. So um, I actually work at GoDaddy now. Um, after after they got after um, Sandhills got acquired, I decided to to not proceed with working there, and I ended up going to GoDaddy instead. Mm -hmm. uh, but I uh, so as for the setup, the it's not that different than my actual desk setup. So originally, when we first moved here first moved into the camper i i tried to like hyper optimize this and and because we had this surface beside the desk and we wanted to have the maximum floor space for the kids our youngest kids so he could learn how to walk um so at that time i had this like really optimal very small minimal setup where it was one of those roost laptop stands yeah and i would set yep. my laptop on that and it's kind of like your 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 you know if you're at a coffee shop and you're a little extra and you've got your own keyboard and your own coffee, your own laptop stand and a mouse basically is what it was. Um, and I realized that wasn't enough for me. I, I was used to my big office desk with my standing desk, sitting desk, you know, and, and all of this, these two 27 inch monitors and this like nice setup. And, and, uh, again, like always, I started by getting rid of everything, but what was essential and tried to use it. And, Gave it an honest try. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. it wasn't just I sat down, I looked at it, I said, nope, and then I just stopped. It was I sat down, I worked with it for a few weeks, and then whenever I realized I can't stand this anymore, I changed it. And I had we had discussions on how we changed that, right? The, living in a camper is very much that. It's very iterative, right? So a lot of people, I think, will do this for a while. They'll get burnt out, and then they'll leave. And there's a million reasons why, but one of them is because whatever they look at that challenge, for example, this challenge that I'm talking about right now of mm -hmm. the, the laptop and the keyboard and the mouse, they'll say, I can't work with this. I need an office. I need a house. We got to get out of here. Mm -hmm. No, you don't need a house. You just need another monitor. You don't need to just completely change your lifestyle again. You just need to just think about this and iterate. Right. So 
uh, with that, I ended up buying, you know, a teeny tiny, like a, a, a well, it's not teeny tiny. It's a 15 inch uh, 4K second monitor. And it's, it's a thin little like portable monitor that's about the size of an iPad. And uh, I, it powers, it gets power from my computer via USB. It actually gets, becomes a second monitor and everything just with one cable. So um, my setup at that time then turned into this roost stand, a keyboard. And in case you don't know what a roost stand is, it basically elevates the keyboard, the yeah. computer up so yep. that it's more ergonomic, right? Um, a keyboard, a mouse, and two monitors. This is much better for me. And I'm using this for a while. But then another problem happened was the expectation was that with this setup, I would in the morning or before I go to bed every night, I like to do something called set myself up for success. So what I do is I have a moment where I think about what I'm going to do the next day. I intentionally write down those tasks. I make sure I'm set up and I set up my computer. I set up my workspace so that when I wake up, I'm able to just sit down and work. And I'm not kidding when I say I get up at five and by five Oh five, I'm writing code. Like it's, it's literally that. Um, so I, I, wanted to apply that here. And in order to do that, I had to set up my laptop every day, set up my computer every day. Yeah. And then before I stopped for the day, I'd have to tear it down because we needed that surface for like cooking or whatever. Um, and a couple of problems ended up happening was I'd be working and my wife would come in and she'd be trying to make coffee or something like that in the morning. And all of a sudden the dishes would just kind of spill over in my workspace. And I'd be like hugging a bowl while typing for like a few minutes and like <laughs> just crazy stuff like that, you know? And, and I was like, this is ridiculous. And I was like getting mad at her. I'm like, stop doing this. And she's like, I can't, I don't have anywhere to put it. And I'm like, okay, we need another iteration, right? So what do we do? We stopped and we looked at our setup and we just realized I just need a dedicated workspace. I didn't want to want that. I didn't want to have to sacrifice the space or add the extra complexity or any of that stuff to, to really do that. But I needed it. It was very clear. You know, I was sitting on like a folding chair and my back was hurting and I was like, this isn't working. I need an office chair. I need a proper desk. I need a keyboard. I need a mouse. Yet again, this is another one of those situations where you can hear somebody say, oh, I need an office chair. I need a desk. I don't have those things right now. Man, I need an office. Let's build a house, right? Let's get out of this camper. No, you just iterate again. So that's what we did. So we, so this past winter, actually, um, we were camping in Texas and like I said, uh, before, um, well, I, I didn't actually, but we we will rest for a couple months, two months usually in Texas during the holidays. And during that time, we're usually making like small renovations or salt tweaks to the camper that are kind of on the road. And uh, that's whenever I, at that point, decided, okay, we are going to build me a desk right in this spot. We've got this space. We can make it work. We can do something. So we ended up building a desk. I ended up mounting a 27-inch monitor to the you know, computer. I use my other, my actual monitor, laptop monitor as a second screen, and I just set up a desk. You know, I've got two hooks on the side for my noise canceling headphones, which, as we know, is very important. I've got another set that aren't noise canceling, uh, but they have a really good microphone, which is actually what I'm using right now. And uh, you know, we set it up, and it's been really great. Um, I haven't had to hug a bowl in weeks. I have been more comfortable because I got a proper office chair, and. You know, it just took a while to get there, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, we could have we could have probably started here. And if you're looking at it from this perspective, maybe you would start here. But, you know, when you don't know what you don't know, and the best thing you can do is just start with the least you need and then just add to it because it's so – because there's just not enough room to do it any other way. You can't just start with everything you need because you'll end up with too much. And then you're going to add to that and you won't have any room for, for those iterations. Yeah. So, you know, it, it was a very organic process. Now, granted, our next camper, we already know what we need, right? Be, from the evolutions from this one. So we're already building those things in and a little, a little more, um, what's the word? Uh, elegant manner. Yes. Right? So we're yes. being a little more thoughtful. We're, we're choosing better materials. We're, you know, building it more intentionally because we know in a lot of ways, this first camper was our prototype, right? We're learning right. from this one. We're iterating yeah. from this one. And I'm sure there'll be more iterations in the new camper in the future, but we didn't need that upgrade. We didn't decide to upgrade to this bigger camper until we knew why we were doing it. We didn't, and, and our new camper that we've upgraded, we're upgrading to is, it's all about double the square footage of this current one. Right. And there's, you know, there's repercussions for that too. It's going to be a little harder for us to find a spot to park it. It's going to be, we needed to get a bigger truck. Like there's, it's more expensive in general. Like there's, there's so many reasons why that's not 
the best first step, right? Like this camper that I'm in right now, we bought it for like $7,000 and probably put, you know, five or $6,000 into renovations. And that's a very low touch point. Like that's a pretty, for me at least, that was a low, a low barrier to entry. Compare that to, and we were hauling it with a Toyota Tacoma. So it wasn't like it was a, a, a big, you know, half ton truck or something like that it was a pickup truck yeah um and then now with the new camper we've had to upgrade that to a bigger truck which means worse gas mileage more money um and then the bigger camper is more money too it was it was like forty five thousand dollars for this camper so it's significantly more but the the point is we didn't have to make that commitment right we kind of reached this impasse where it was like we could stay in this camper and do this and be fine um with our family everybody's different so like everybody you know and the biggest reason why we actually went bigger is because we've decided we're going to do this for at least three more years probably more um and we're looking at our kids and we're aware that they're getting bigger and the spaces they're needing bigger spaces they're needing more room you know we we've all have we have like one day bed couch combo in the back of this camp in the front of this camper right now our current camper right now and all four of us and the dog all kind of like snuggle up in this and we fit okay it's not a problem but it's getting there because (laughs) our seven-year-old's getting bigger and he's starting to take up a little more space and you know the youngest is catching up too so we're just trying to stay ahead of that so they definitely don't get smaller that's yeah i can tell you that for sure (laughs) (laughs) so um so yeah. yeah, that's that's kind of a lot of that is like iteration and just just knowing and deciding, you know, instead of going with the bigger camper, we could have this was that was kind of that chance. That was that moment where it's like, okay, you've done this for two years now. You've got this camper. You know that this camper can't last much, much longer with your current family without running into problems. What do you do? Yeah. Do you do you throw in your chips? and get a house to start renting do you go back to you know not traveling and not doing all of these things and living in a, a single house and doing doing well you know yeah or do you spend that money that you may have spent on that house some of it maybe not all of it of course but on upgrading your camper and giving yourselves another three years at it so yeah, we, we opted for the latter it's interesting you, you mentioned the sort of cost of things that was one of my questions is how does this compare because you know, if you've got a car and you you've, you've got a house and you've got a car, you know roughly what the the cost of the car is going to be, and there's maintenance and all of that. But you've also got the mortgage and the heating and the gas and the electricity and all of the bits and pieces. Roughly speaking, I'm imagining that the cost of your lifestyle is cheaper than were you living in a house and paying rent or a mortgage or whatever it might be. I don't know if that's a subject that's appealing to any of the listeners, but it might be that people are looking for a cheaper lifestyle and just that alone may be, may be worth talking about. Yeah. Uh, so this the past two years definitely have been. I don't think the next three are going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to live cheaper, you have to first get a cheaper camper. You have to get something smaller because you don't want to have to pay for a bigger truck. Um, so you'd want to go with something smaller you'd have to go with a like i said a smaller truck you're also going to spend a lot of time out west um because there's a lot of blm land there's a lot of opportunities to do boondocking and camping and staying for free um and you're also going to end up moving a lot more often so for example we we went all the way up california and spent almost nothing uh oh well i spent a lot of money on wine don't get me wrong but we didn't we didn't spend a lot we didn't spend a lot of money on our stays because yeah. we did a lot of blm we which is um bureau of land management it's basically um land that's just public that there they have dedicated camping areas and it doesn't cost you anything to park there hmm. um you can park there for up to two weeks now since it's public uh your mileage may vary right you may go to a place and there might be you know, like bullet casings all over the place because some Yahoo went out there and they shot their guns and they didn't clean up after themselves. Or, you know, you never know what you get. And, but you also will be, while you're staring at that and cleaning up these bullet casings, um, you're staring at this beautiful mountain and this sunrise that you just, you're like, that's it. That's why I'm here. Right? Yeah. Like, I wanted to see that. I wanted that moment. Um. So, you know, it's, it, it's absolutely possible. It's just... um. It's a very specific approach. You yeah. have to you have to be willing to 
go places that some people will be unwilling to go. Um, and sometimes that means a kind of a sketchy back road. Sometimes that means um, for us, we saved a ton of money because we parked in a little town north of Santa Fe, New Mexico called Taos. Oh, I've actually, been to Taos. I freaking love Taos. Yeah, Taos is so, the best place. Yes. With all the Adobe <laughs> architecture. and Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I spent quite a long time in Taos. I loved it there. Yeah. What a we were there all summer. Yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, so we spent we spent all summer, this past summer, in Taos. And as you know, it's it's a very, um, very progressive yeah. town yeah. in terms of energy. It's yeah. really, so it, it has the Earthship biotexture there. So they do a lot of the, the you know, the Earthship type homes where with passive solar and and you know off-grid living and all this stuff it's it's kind of the perfect place to go if you really want to learn about that stuff it's just the culture um so we went there partially to learn more about that stuff but also because i actually bought a parcel of land there um for it was relatively inexpensive it was like five thousand dollars i think or something um and we bought it because I wanted to make sure I always had a place to park it out west should some catastrophic event happen. Like, oh, I don't know, a pandemic. And um, <laughs> all the campers shut – all the campgrounds shut down, right? Like, that's what happened in the U.S. Everything shut down. Well, if I, I at that time wasn't traveling, so I kind of dodged that bullet. But if I was on the road, I'd have been screwed mm. because I wouldn't have had anywhere to go. Like, obviously, if I, I can always come back to Ohio. I can always park somewhere at a family member's house or something like that. I can always squat if I have to. But if I was in Arizona and COVID hit and everything shut down, I would have a lot – I would have a hard time crossing the country to get back to Ohio just to park it because I wouldn't even have anywhere to stay overnight. So um, we wanted to have somewhere where we – on the out west where we would have a shot at getting there if something happened, right? Um, so – but also it was because – I mean, it's cheap land, right? I mean, it was now to be clear, this land is a piece of dusty alkaline dirt. Like it's essentially not good for any kind of farming. It's not really good for anything, really. It's, <laughs> it's, it, you know, and there's sagebrush everywhere and uh, it's rough. There I mean, is the, sage the everywhere in Taos. That yeah, was, that's it's all one sage. of my memories I've got. There was sage. sage all over the place. I, yeah. Man, I'm still rubbing. I'm still like wiping Taos <laughs> dust off of my every crevice of my camper. Um, but but yeah, so it, it uh, but this road, like the access road to this land even is like this this dirt road with with big old rocks on it that are that I, I blew two tires and I blew out a window and like I did, all kinds of crazy things happen when I was in Taos. There's I could go on about I could have a whole podcast episode on that, on that experience, <laughs> but but uh, we spent. Like I said, we spent $5,000 for the land there, and it doesn't cost us anything to get there. I actually got my tax paper for owning that land, and it was like $6. <laughs> and I, I – I, so – but it's this cheap little spot where I can park, and we did that. We parked there all summer, and we actually got most of our money out of it just from parking that one summer. Now, every time we go back there, we can park there and do the same thing again and get more money out of it. Uh, but you can also do that in – and there's other ways to do that. There's BLM, like I said. There's also, you know, like Harvest Hosts, where you can stay at wineries, breweries, etc., uh, for free for like one night. Sometimes it's a couple of nights, depends on where you're at. Uh, Boondockers Welcome, which allows you to do the same thing. It's like a community of people who uh, boondock, but also people who offer up their, like, hey, I've got a spot for you to park it. You can yeah, do that. Yeah. You know. Um, and we did a lot of all of that out west and saved a lot of money now in terms of budgeting we actually looked at it as like dollars per day instead of dollars a month because you can't look at it per month because it's just not how it works when you're traveling so we were our goal last year was like 15 dollars a day it was basically wow. what we were what we were able to get it down to um what my wife was able to get it down to because she's just amazing at that um it's definitely a little more expensive on the eastern side of the u.s because there's not as much of that kind of land available out here there's definitely still boondocks welcome and stuff like that but there's no blm um and you end up parking at a lot more campers so are we actually in t knowing that doubled our budget for when we're coming out east yeah but but um, still so like, it's still yeah. a mightily um you know that that budget is very much smaller than 
what it would be if you were living in some kind of house and paying a mortgage yeah. and all of that. Yeah. Now, of course, that's that's one number. You're still, if you, depending there's, on your, there's others, your, your yeah. right. I mean, you've got your camper payment. If you if you have one, you probably have a truck payment. Um, depends. I mean, everybody's yeah. different, right? Yeah. But um, that's why I was saying it's so important if you're trying to be budget conscious to focus really hard on getting a smaller camper so that you can get a smaller vehicle. Um, and if it's just you by yourself, I mean, you could go all the way down to a crossover, you know what I mean? Or, or an SUV and get like a, a very small to midsize, like teardrop, like a 15 foot camper or something and be completely fine. And you would save so much money because those campers are inexpensive and those vehicles are inexpensive and the gas mileage is good on those when they're not hauling. And it's just, you know, you could absolutely do this inexpensively. Um, it's just... It just depends on how big of a rig you need yeah, and um, how comfortable you are with parking out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, you, you, the, all of this, of course, is completely contingent upon the job, right? You've got to, you've yeah. got to be bringing in the, the money in some way, shape or form. And, sure. and obviously you've mentioned the fact that you've, you've had a couple of different employees and presumably the opportunities for this kind of i'm going to say distributed work so you're working mm -hmm. for a company maybe you're a freelancer in which case you've got complete rights to do whatever you like but if you're working for an employer do you get the feeling that over the last couple of years this is more possible than it's ever been before you know have you noticed that the the, the places that you go are more full of people carrying out the lifestyle and they've got the laptop switched on and they're doing the work and all of that are people migrating to this kind of lifestyle and are there more jobs where the employers are willing to 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 allow their employees to have this kind of lifestyle shall we say yes to all of that yeah um yeah to put it simply i mean i covid i mean it accelerated a lot of things right and uh working remote has certainly been one of them i uh i've always, i've been joking with my wife, I was like, we were doing this before COVID. That's we were right. Doing before, this before it was cool. It was cool. We were doing you know, it. Yeah, before it was cool. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but it's, it's uh, definitely been an accelerator. And I've, I've benefited from that personally, even just because, um, you know, when I was working at Sandhills, they were kind of a unicorn. Like, I mean, WordPress as a whole, the community, you know, companies like Automatic and stuff like that, like that was kind of their badge was like, hey, like you said, this is the promise. We let you work remote. We let you be wherever you want. And that was truly a unique offering that nobody else had then the pandemic hit and everybody was forced into that and a lot of companies just said okay well let's not change this i mean it's working it's not hurting productivity and apparently the employees really want this so let's keep it yeah um and so that actually was kind of a dawning realization for me whenever i was looking for a new job after my um, separation with sandhills i was like my god i can apply to places that prior to this i absolutely could not even consider like I mean, I, I think of like Netflix even and Nickelodeon and like some names that are completely out of the words, but repressed space that are all of a sudden an option, a consideration for me, um, maybe not the other way around, but certainly for me that uh, we're not even on the table because I just won't, I will not accept employment for anything that isn't distributed. Yeah. And yeah. Um, all of a sudden these companies are like, yeah, okay, fine, we'll do it. Yeah, I, you, I feel that that's the way it's gone. You know, rather than it yeah. being a kind of an edge case, you would imagine that a lot of companies will now be looking to put some kind of offering together. Whether or not that's constrained in time, you said that you can crack on at five past five in the morning and be busy and productive because you know what you've got to do. And I guess, uh -huh. I guess the job has to afford you that luxury. The work is known in advance and you can break it up into 12 hour sections or do right. two hours here and have four hours off and then another six hours or whatever you can do all of that and i guess that's the that's the only constraint is that you need a you need to know what the boundaries are there if they want you sat at your computer between nine and five even though it's distributed that might be uh that might be something you know to think about just one right. one well a couple of last questions but this one where this is a random question where do you pay tax uh, I technically have an address in Ohio. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, yeah I, I, to, before we left, we, we changed our address to a family member's address. Got it. And, Got it. uh, ev so for all intents and purposes where we live in the state of Ohio, um, so it, all the rules for everything you can think about with taxes, um, license plates, you know, your, your ID, everything, 
all applies as if we live in the yes. state of Ohio. Yeah. You're you're very lucky living in the the gigantic country of the United States because yeah. the the options to go go left and go right and go up and go down they're more or less endless. I yeah. we, I'm now living in post-Brexit uh, Britain, so right. I don't, don't know exactly how many roads I could travel before I I ran out and hit the sea. <laughs> It'd be a slightly yeah. different experience, to be honest. What, yeah, okay, for sure. Just to finish off, two questions: the complete opposites of each other, and you may not have an answer. Just tucked away, ready for this, but we'll we'll go for it anyway. Okay, so you have got this new life. It's fabulous by all accounts. What's the best bit, and what's the worst bit? The best bit is, without question for me, the evenings staring, evenings and mornings staring at mountains, honestly. Uh, nice. That's, for me, that's it. That's that's what I wanted from day one. That's what I got, and I'm happy with it. Uh, yeah. When we were in Taos, there was this wonderful time of day. Um, oh, yeah. So, you know, people always talk about the golden hour, right? Yep. You know, this, this wonderful golden time of day. Um on Taos, I actually affectionately called that the indigo hour because we had this this parcel of land that we bought, you know, for all of its all of its flaws and all of its ragged edges. Um, it had what I think might be the best view of the mountains in Taos, the Sangre de Cristo Mountains. And uh, I just I just would spend every single evening, well, not every evening, most evenings, sitting there just watching the the sun sets on the opposite side of these mountains so this indigo hour would happen this time of day would happen where the mountains would just turn this beautiful shade of purple and um i would just spend every most every evening just watching those and i just remember they they are so powerful for me the sight of these this this beautiful mountain range that I would have a bad day. I'd be working and I'd be like super caught up into what I'm doing. And I would turn around and I'd go to say something to my wife and I would be like, you won't believe what's, oh, <laughs> like I would be like mid sentence yeah. and yeah. I would just happen to catch the mountains in that moment. And I, it would just like melt. Yeah. Like, and it still does that every time. And like Taos is a lot of things. Uh, well, mountains in general are a lot of things, but like for me, that's, no question that that's it that's where it's at like this this evening time staring at the mountains and even the morning time staring at almost sunrise with my wife having what we call our morning coffee time um the worst thing <laughs> yeah sorry <laughs> it's okay uh the worst thing is the shakiness of the camper i think specifically um i think about new mexico again ironically enough there's a there's a place called elephant butte new mexico where um we parked our camper and it was on the edge of this cliff right we didn't know this until we got there but we had reserved this spot that's like right on the edge of this cliff and and uh, we parked and we got it all set up and of course we set up our chocks extra tight right because we were like really nervous about just rolling over this dang thing um and uh you know it just so happened that that night it was extremely windy, um, 45 mile an hour wind gusts and stuff like that. And uh, we were faced broadside of the wind. So the entire time, that entire night, the camper was just, I mean, just rocking hard, like scary <laughs> hard, you know? And I, I, I'm just laying there and I'm like, I'm going to die. This is it. <laughs> like the, the chocks are going to give yeah. and this thing's yeah. going to just roll over the cliff yeah. and it's over for me. Right. My life I'm is gonna, held in the balance I'm of gonna, a couple yeah. of bits of wood under some tires. Yes, exactly. <laughs> if, if I, and honestly there, and there's just so many moments like that, that are just scary. And it always seems to revolve around wind and the rockiness <laughs> of the camper. Um, and, and, and it's not even just wind. It's also just, you know, the kids, they'll like, in our particular camper, the the stabilizers aren't very good. Now the new one, they're much better. So this is again an upgrade. But uh, the the stabilizers are okay. They're not that great. So if like I know my wife's coming in the camper before she even touches the door because she'll step on the first step of the camper and the whole thing will just rock a little. Okay, you know? got it. Um, so we now take that and then take the energy of a seven year old and compress that into a <laughs> two hundred and forty foot square foot space. And then watch them jump 
and bounced around the house yeah. and you're in the house and it just feels like you're in an earthquake and yeah. you're just constant. Like I can't isolate from that. I yeah. can try. Always fill the coffee cup half full, yeah. never yeah. to the top. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Oh, no. Lids, 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 for lids on but, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so that's, that's by far been the worst thing for me. It's just, oh. just, just shakiness of the camper. I'll tell you what I, I would, I would take the shakiness for the mountain views any day of the week. Same. Really, like no other podcast we've ever done. That was so interesting. I am <laughs> sure that there'll be a certain proportion of people who just totally get it. Maybe there's a maybe there's a collection of people who are just horrified. I can't do that. I need yeah. my I need my hot shower and, you know, heated floors and all of that. But yeah. um but if anybody did want to get in touch with you and sort of poll you about what it is that you've been doing and what the what the pitfalls are and what the short circuits are what's the best way to get in touch with you alex so specifically on the topic of our travels um obviously you can always follow me at alex stanford on twitter i'm pretty active on there i'm quite active on there in fact um and i talk about everything i do so everything from the web development courses i make to the to um just programming stuff and also travel of course lately it's been a lot of renovation talk uh, but if you're looking to talk specifically or see specifically our travel stuff, my wife actually maintains our Instagram account, um, which is at, I think it's casual weirdness life. Let me, I got to check. Okay. Uh, no, it's at our, let me, let me just, I think it's our underscore casual underscore weirdness. Yeah, that's it. At our underscore casual underscore weirdness. Um, and then we also have a website, casualweirdness.life, that um, every once in a while I tell myself I'm going to write blog posts on and then inevitably forget to. Um, until somebody asks me for the 1500th time exactly what my internet setup's like. And then I say, okay, fine, I will write the post. I'll do the post. Yeah, yeah. I'll do the post. Um, so well, those I'll, are probably the best places. Yeah, I will. I will make sure that um, all of those hit the show notes. So if you're interested, you. you can look into the show notes and find out what Alex is up to. So a really different episode. I really appreciate you talking to me about something which is not necessarily to do with WordPress, but it's a, a different thing and maybe maybe one of the more interesting episodes that we've had. So thank you very much, Alex. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, my pleasure. I would, and just, I would argue that it's what it's all about. Honestly, yeah. like I think yeah. I think the whole reason why people do this is for that promise. And yeah. and I, I I mean, maybe not travel specifically and maybe it doesn't even take this form for you. Maybe it's maybe you're more of an Airbnb hopper type or maybe my hope is that if nothing else, that you look at this and you think, OK, maybe that's not for me, but maybe I should just get out a little more. Maybe maybe I can get in my car and go to New England for a week and just work there or or, you know, even if it's a hotel or, or staying at a friend's or something, like, get out. You can. Use it. Nice. A perfect way to end it. Alex, thanks so much. Yeah, my pleasure. Well, I told you at the top of the show that that was going to be like no other episode that we've ever done before, and so it proved to be. Episode number 286, Alex Standiford telling us all about his really interesting life. I found it enormously captivating and very, very interesting. Just all of the benefits that it brings as well as some of the drawbacks. Head over to the WPBuilds.com website. Leave us a comment there. There's also some URLs and bits and pieces like Alex's Twitter handle and website and so on. You heard it all in the show, but it's there in the show notes. Like I said, search for episode number 286. The WP Builds podcast was brought to you today by GoDaddy Pro. GoDaddy Pro, the home of managed WordPress hosting that includes free domain, SSL and 24-7 support. Bundle that with The Hub by GoDaddy Pro to unlock more free benefits to manage multiple sites in one place. Invoice clients and get 30% off new purchases. You can find out more by going to go.me forward slash WPBuilds. And we do thank GoDaddy Pro for their ongoing support of the WP Builds podcast. Okay, we will be back next week because we did an interview this week. It will be a chat with David Wormsley and I next week. Do remember, we've got our This Week in WordPress show live 2pm UK time every Monday. You can find that at wpbuilds.com forward slash live. But that's it for this week. I hope that you enjoyed it. If you've got any comments, head over to the website and leave them there. But... All that remains for me to do now is to fade in some cheesy music and say, stay safe. Bye-bye for now. Mm -hmm.